Welcome to Moms in the Hub, everything you need to know about living, loving, and raising little ones in the 806. Go grab your wine and start folding that laundry while you listen to hosts Crystal and Danae share mom fells, discuss trending mom topics, and interview experts. Don't let the Lubbock wind blow you away. Stay grounded as we navigate Navigate motherhood motherhood in the the hub together. together. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Be sure to share your favorite episode with family and friends, write a positive review, and leave a five-star rating for your favorite Lubbock moms. Hi, and welcome to Moms in the Hub. I'm Crystal Granzo. And I'm Danae Hooks. And we're so excited. Well, we're excited to have Danny Koch and Benny Guerrero back in the studio today. They're here for our Memorial Day episode, and we talk... Nope. They were here for our Memorial Day episode. They are not here currently. And we talked about uh, the newly built, previously and dedicated Monument of Courage Memorial here in Lubbock. Today they are back and sharing more information with us in honor of Pearl Harbor Day. Am I right, guys? Exactly. Okay. Well, well, well done. Thank you. And I actually think it's Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day, okay. but affectionately and commonly known, known as Pearl Harbor Day. Okay. And that, that's on December 7th. December, December 7th. 7th. Yeah. Yep. yeah, December 7th was that surprise attack, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, we talked about the, uh, you know, earlier before we went on air, I guess we talked about the, uh, the greatest generation. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the character development program and how important it is for our families to share, uh, you know, stories and build a character of their, of their families. The reason that we that the World War II generation, I think, is called they're titled the the greatest generation, mm-hmm. is because they were mentored by the World War One generation, who knew sacrifice, mm-hmm. who knew lost, and loss, and who just taught so much about being grateful for everything they had and that anything that could be taken from you if you're not willing to fight for it. Mm-hmm. So whenever that seven December event happened on Pearl Harbor. Uh, I think that the transition from average American to hero had already been made. Mm-hmm. It just had never, those, those Americans had been tested. You think about it, why are they called the greatest generation? Well, you had the Navajo Code Talker who helped us win the war in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. You had the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen who helped us win the war in Europe. So you had this, you had the women, the, the, the Rosie the Riveter. You had everyone, yeah. every class of American came together to, as a united you know, people to say, hey, let's go ahead and get our freedoms back. We're fighting for our freedom and we're fighting for our lives, for, you know, for, for our existence. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the reason they're called the greatest generation is because of the character that their parents from World War I instilled in them. And just imagine having to ration food. Mm-hmm. Having to, you know, to not be able to make a cake, but each one of the, the everybody in, in the neighborhoods would share a different recipe or a different ingredient to make a cake. And each one would then the next day or the next week would pass on that ingredient to someone else so they can share a cake. It was just it was a sacrifice in the entire country sacrifice. So mm-hmm. we, we go today to COVID-19 mm-hmm. and what the American people are doing, everyone is having to sacrifice their freedoms, having to wear a mask, not being able to go uh, social, not to, to socialize, not being able to go to bars or, you know, go to places where they routinely go. They're sacrificing uh, in, a, in a much smaller scale. Right. But. The greatest generation existed because of that World War War generation, and that 
World War II generation, uh, they created so many great heroes who today we just look back and say, man, where we owe these guys and gals a great debt of gratitude. And it's like, you know, every now and then that Danny, I, I love hearing Danny talk when he mm -hmm. talks to, to the Gold Star families. Mm -hmm. And it's because I know that it's not scripted. It comes right. from the heart. And these World War II generations deserve something. And I think uh, we owe them a debt that can never be repaid. Never. And just imagine, this is the second time this generation actually, uh, you know, because even though the World War II generation was responsible for, you know, ending World War II, mm -hmm. the World War I generation was right behind them doing their thing. They were at home and, you know, they were providing that uh, that support. But uh, twice that these two World War One and two generations uh, saved the world. And, uh, you know, and we today, we're here to remember that one day to remember that day and the sacrifices that happened and continue to happen today. And we are honored uh, to honor our World War II veterans. Mm -hmm. So good. And I would just add, uh, think about the greatest generation, what Benny's talking about. And out of the greatest generation came two war heroes, Dwight Eisenhower, who was president for eight years. And really, uh, other than the Korean War that he inherited, was really never involved in any wars other than inheriting the Korean War. Then you had Jack Kennedy, who was a Navy hero, PT-109, that rescued his sailors and uh, brought them to safety. So the greatest generation was seen uh, continuously after World War II. Mm -hmm. And it was really the greatest generation that came home, fought a two-front war, fought the Germans and the Japanese, and won a two-front war. Imagine that. And out of that war, there was another hero, Harry Truman, uh, who was a captain in the infantry in World War One. And when he was asked and told that there was an atomic bomb after Franklin Roosevelt died, he had not no knowledge of the atomic bomb. And he agreed to dropping the atomic bomb. And some historians believe that he was so agreeable in the sense that he has saw so much carnage in the infantry in World War One that he knew it would save lives. Mm -hmm. But the greatest generation, as Benny's alluding to, did rise to the occasion and probably were really born or birthed at Pearl Harbor Day. And one of the stories we talk about is the Medal of Honor recipient, Jack Lucas. Jack Lucas was a Marine. He was a 14-year-old boy. He saw the effects of Pearl Harbor. He dropped out of the eighth grade. He joined the Marines, and when they and he forged his mother's signature, wow. and he was found out. His mother found out later that he did that. She reported him. He was kicked out <laughs> or pushed out. My type then, of woman. <laughs> then, then he joined back, and he was found out again. And the second time, pushed out. It was and the third time, he just stowed away on a ship that was going to Iwo Jima. And at Iwo Jima, he was on the second wave that invaded Iwo Jima. And uh, he was a young infantryman. And two grenades were thrown at his feet. They shouted out grenades. He threw his body on those two grenades. And somehow he lived. And he receives the Medal of Honor for his heroic actions of a 17-year-old boy. So what the greatest generation really was, was the calling of the sons and daughters of America to fight to front war and do something that has never been done in the history of the world. And they succeeded. Then they came home and built a, a America that was full of prosperity. So would that have happened without Pearl Harbor? For every tragic 
tragic an event or tragedy, sometimes good comes out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the greatness of America was intensified with Pearl Harbor because of the spirit of America. Wow. That's just that's so good. Incredible. Well said. Yeah. We have we have a couple of World War II veterans at the VFW. Uh-huh. And one of them in particular, you know, he tells a story on Pearl Harbor Day. He says, I was a machinist. And it took a while for the radio transmissions to get from Pearl Harbor uh, to the U.S. And, and you know, it's just, uh, you know, so there's, there's not, you know, there's, it's a uh, force to, was it, uh, it was, he was living in Nebraska when this happened. So it was a few hours, that, you know, so it just uh, since it happened early in the morning. Uh, you know, it's still, there's a little bit delay. He said he right. was, he was working, he was at work, working whatever shift he was working. And he said, when he heard it on the radio, he turned off his machine. He was a machinist, turned off his uh, machine, and he went to the Navy recruiter. Wow. And he said, I'm here to join. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you. And, and it's the same story. It's not like, you know, you were forced to join. Right. These guys mm-hmm. had to, or these guys and gals, had to answer the call. And, you know, we, we talked about that great generation. Mm-hmm. There was a woman Army Corps that was born. The woman Army Corps. Now, the women were coming in and filling those seats that men were, you know, as they were deploying forward, uh, these women were taking. So it was just, it was a big, it was a big generational uh, monumental move from where we were to where we are now. Mm-hmm. And it was that World War II generation that sparked everything from ingenuity to creativity uh, to, uh, you know, internal uh, test that you know the, of Mike will and Will power. saying, "Hey, yeah. we're going to yeah. do this." And I, you know, one of the things when you talk to these World War II guys and gals, or most of them guys, you say, "Hey, uh, they don't know how to quit." So when they hear of someone resigning, or they hear of someone uh, giving up their post or something because they're just tired, it they that's something that they cannot comprehend this guy's 97 years old one of them 97 years old and in his mind says i i can't believe these guys would quit (laughs) you know because you have you have the the opportunity so one of the things in the character development program that danny was talking about it's about you know having the courage Mm -hmm. having the courage not to give up I mean, I know that adversity is in front of you and you're overwhelmed and there's a lot of, you're, you're going against every odd known to man. But you know what? It's worth the, it's worth the fight. Let's continue on. And, that, and that's what the, the World War II generation brings to the conversation, mm-hmm. uh, not only to our history books, but to the conversation. Why are you quitting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is that an option? I didn't know that that was an option. So I'm telling you, we, we are blessed uh, to even have them walking around. And one of the most interesting things, and I like sharing this story, one of the most interesting things about our World War II veteran is that most of those World War II veterans had the opportunity to meet a Civil War veteran. Now, mm-hmm. to us, it's wow. like, oh, man. Yeah. And that Civil War vet might have had the opportunity to meet a Revolutionary War vet. So that World War, II gener- World War II generation is two generations removed from the veteran community, from the founding of this country. Yeah. So they know the sacrifice. They know what it is to, to give it your all. And uh, so we are, to, you know, as we remember Pearl Harbor Day, we remember the sacrifices of the men and women that came right after it to answer the call and give us the freedoms uh, and free the free our allies in Europe and in Asia. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, we, we do call it a two-front war. But you, you got to also include the Pacific. That was another front. When these naval guys, these our Navy and its Navajo co-talkers, they, 
destroyed the Japanese. Mm-hmm. And it okay, was can beca- you elaborate on the Navajo Code Talkers? Yeah. Okay, so... Or give us a little history lesson. Okay, Navajo quick. Code Talkers. Okay, so the, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but this is... this is If you see the movie Navajo Code Talkers, you'll see them. Yeah, they, each, each one deploys with a unit of Marines. Right or a unit of soldiers. They they got these Navajo code talkers that are on island and they're given. They're like the forward observers, observers giving you know targets to the to the Americans. What they're doing is they're doing it in a Navajo language. The Navajo language had okay. never been written, had never been you know it's been shared. So it's like a secret language. Right. So what they did is they enlisted about four hundred Navajo uh, Native Americans. And uh, they went to boot camp and they went, they got trained and they got trained in secret uh, communication. And those secret communications, yeah, they led to to be so great. And what they were doing is they were, they were given the, uh, when they were on ship Mm -hmm. and they they put these Japanese, I mean, these uh, Navajo code talkers on all the American ships and, and some four deployed units. And they would communicate in English, knowing that that English communication was all just, to give the Japanese a, you know, oh, deception. Right. Yeah. To, to, to be like, oh, okay, this is what we, we're going to give they, you. When they intercepted this, it, yeah. they... And they're going to intercept it, making yeah. it easier for them. And then they would do the Navajo code talkers. Mm-hmm. And they would they would have that communication, which is totally different than what they were doing wow. on, in the English side. So then when the Japanese would get in position to attack the Americans, they'd realize they've been had, they've been tricked, they've been duped. Because the <laughs> Navajo code talkers gave the advantage to the Americans and they were, we were allowed to destroy their navy by using the naval uh, Navajo code talkers. What is not written, which is pretty sad but understandable, is that each of those Navajo code talkers had a security guy that walked around with him so that he would never be captured. And his main job was to ensure that right before he got captured, he took him out. He was there instructed to take the life of the Navajo code talker. Wow. Because the Navajo code talker could easily be, you know, he, they could be, uh, you know, interrogated and, mm-hmm. you know, tortured to give his secrets. But yeah. the Navajo code talker was so instrumental in winning the war in, in wow. the Pacific. So we talk about three front war, I mean, two front war, but we, we can't forget what happened in the Pacific and how critical that those uh, Navajo code talkers were to winning that war. And, uh, you know, giving a little bit of, we, you know how Pearl Harbor, the reason it was so devastating is because it was a surprise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. surprise. You caught us on a was... Sunday. We're all relaxed. You yeah. know, it's like, you got to understand, it's almost the Christmas season. You know, it's like, it's a little bit, you know, we're resting. and Family time. Yeah, Praising the time. Lord. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it happened, you know, when they're at the chow hall. You know, we're, we're just about to go to church and, you know, mm-hmm. we're all dressed in our sateens and ready to go to church and, you know, after breakfast and, and then this happens. And what's also fascinating about that is President Roosevelt, who was partial to England and the European countries that were being besieged by Hitler, but Roosevelt in America wanted to stay uh, out of the war, maybe even isolationist. Then Pearl Harbor comes, and that eliminates that right. feeling. And so, and, and think about Pearl Harbor is, uh, I think over 2,400 Americans were lost or uh, mm-hmm. killed or, or never found. And that really did change the dynamics who we are as a country, and that people came together. And I think what one of our goals is uh, with the Veterans of Foreign War, Benny's Post 2466, 
the Military Order of the Purple Heart, Chapter 0900, and the Friends of the Monument of Courage, is we remember Pearl Harbor Day. It has to be reinforced to our children mm. and to our youth that we have a history and that we've had parents and grandparents and great-grandparents who were patriots and who were willing to sacrifice everything for us. And if we don't teach that, and that's really a program of the Congressional Medal of Honor Society and their character development program that goes into public schools, whether it be elementary school, middle school, and senior high schools, to teach them the very basic concept of a, being an American, mm -hmm. selfless service, helping others, lifting others up, being patriotic, being full of courage and determination. So our purpose with Pearl Harbor Day tomorrow is to remember and honor those Americans that were killed, but also remember the greatness of America that was birthed that day in the greatest generation. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I think that it's definitely something that all kids in this generation need to learn more about. And You know, I saw today uh, Kyler Murray, the great football player at uh, Arizona Cardinals, mm -hmm. who's coached by Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, I saw today that uh, uh, Kyler Murray, I think they're playing the Rams right, right as we speak. He's wearing uh, his cleats, will honor his grandfather, who was a Purple Heart recipient. Wow. And he wanted to make sure that his grandfather, Purple Heart is for those who've been wounded or killed in war. So obviously he was wounded in war. He was going to honor his grandfather. And I think that's very interesting because Cliff Kingsbury, his father received a Purple Heart in Vietnam. So I, I just that. thought that was very yeah. interesting that Kyler Murray is so impressed with his grandfather that he wanted to honor those Absolutely. who had served before. So I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything going on locally tomorrow to specifically honor <clears throat> Pearl Harbor Day? We Right now, we were planning on something big at the uh, at one of the local museums, mm -hmm. but because of COVID-19, yeah. it got scaled down. We, In order for us to continue on, so we had to cancel that. In order for us to continue that, we'd have to scale down our membership to a quarter of what would show up. So only 10 could show up. Mm. Well, 40 normally show up. So it's like, and then, uh, you know, most of the events that we do collectively... Uh, we get, you know, two to 300 people show up and yeah, we're already breaking social distancing rules. Right. So, but we're planning on something small. Uh, we're going to do is we're going to have a world war, our world war two veteran. He's going to present a flag, uh, to a local business, uh, a lucky business. We're just going to show up, knock on their door and tell them that we're going to bring down their flag and fly a flag that was flown at the VFW. Uh, by that World War II guy and that World War II veteran is going to lift that flag. Oh, that's oh, neat. Nice. I'll really like that. Yeah, Very yeah. No, I'm telling you. So, and and you know, he fought in the Pacific. He fought on, on Guadalcanal. So he's uh, yeah. yeah. And and he can't he he can't talk as as loud as we would want him to. But uh, his just him showing up mm -hmm. with his little World War II hat showing up with his <laughs> chest. And, and he stands tall. He yeah. he stands tall. You know, age has, has shrunk him a little, but what a proud American that guy is. Yeah. He's just great. 97 years old. It, oh. And who's to say in five years that greatest generation will have all been gone. Mm -hmm. So if we don't tell their stories now, if we don't reinforce yeah. who they were, then it's, it's, it's be lost forever. As you were telling that story, I was thinking that, that when these people pass, yeah. then we have to continue the story because yeah. yeah. they were told the stories yeah. Yeah. and we have to continue telling our kids. 
Yeah. Well, what's really interesting is what we see our rows is the BFW and the Purple, Purple Heart and the uh, Friends of the Monument of Courage. We're really, truly storytellers. Yeah. And just think that's what we're doing today. We're telling stories of those who went before us. And if we can tell those stories, then that 10-year-old boy, that 10-year-old girl will say, geez, mm-hmm. boy, those people were really special. Mm-hmm. And we have to follow and do the same thing. So if we tell the story of Jack Lucas and this 14-year-old boy who dropped out of the eighth grade that threw himself on two grenades and receives the Medal of Honor when he's 17 years old from Harry Truman. All that I can say is in our neighborhood and your neighborhood, there's a Jack Lucas uh-huh. that lives amongst us. That's a 14-year-old boy and that one day will step out and become a hero to save others. And if it's not a Jack Lucas, maybe it's a Jacqueline Lucas now because mm-hmm. the women are going to be on the front lines and have been on the front lines in the last few wars. So we have to preserve American history so that the Jack Lucases of tomorrow will step up. Mm-hmm. and do their duty and that the generations that follow them will remember the new jack lucas that's our go that's why we want to remember pearl harbor day yeah that's it you know i, I when i was in the marines uh one of the things that you graduate boot camp you go to your first unit and then you get talked about hey we're we're about to leave we're going to go into invade panama i'm thinking hey all right whatever and you get always get trained for that and but it's always a you know, you get, you have so many drills that it's unbelievable. Ah, whatever, whatever. And just imagine having to go through that drill maybe a hundred to two hundred times, and then finally in a two hundred first time, it's actually it's going to happen. But you don't think anything less because you've already done trip. everything mm-hmm. that you've already done, and then you, then you go to the next step and like, man, we haven't done this, mm-hmm. we haven't done that, and then immediately you go there. What I do remember about the training before we got to that. Uh, my first deployment, which was Panama, was that every every leader of mine would always echo some words, something like this. We have to be the most ready when the nation is least ready. Mm. So in your head, you're always thinking, you always got to be trained. You got to be trained. You got to be trained. The World War II generation, under, or the World War I generation understood that. And when they were raising their, their kids who became the World War II generation, they instill that mm. you have to be the most ready when the nation is least ready. So these kids, when it was time for them to answer the call, the care, the, their heart was already in it. Their heart was in it. They were just waiting. Hey, what team am I going to be on? And they were just waiting to get put on a team. And and that's what we tell the story. Marley, I got a young little baby who hangs around me since she was six months. So she's seven now. And now <laughs> she walks around with a journal and that journal as Danny was saying, we're storytellers. Mm-hmm. She likes to now conduct interviews. Mm-hmm. She wants to find out what your favorite color is. You know, where you were born. What's your greatest sacrifice? Yeah. You know, what's your greatest story? Who's your best friend? And what are you willing to do for your best friend? And, you know, and those are like, this is a seven-year-old. Right. And she's writing. And, and some of her spelling is not right. But it's okay. She can read her own writing and says, oh, <laughs> I'm impressed with this guy. You know, this guy is awesome. And, and uh, you know, but I'll tell you, just imagine if we did that with every child, if, yeah. if with, your, with, your, with your guys and gals at home, uh, that, that'd be awesome. So we ask, you know, in honoring what Danny was saying, you know, we're storytellers. We ask each family member. 
to, to say, hey, you, you have a veteran in your family. Mm-hmm. You have a veteran in your family. It's your turn to interview. Interview that veteran and tell their story on Christmas. Just tell their story on Christmas. Say, hey, this is what Uncle Bob did. Uncle Bob, you know, served in the Navy from this year to that year. His greatest accomplishment with this, his best friends were this, and this was his greatest sacrifice. And, and I think that's so important yeah, uh, to like be able that. to do that. It's a good because idea, it, it, we, we give that, perp, that, that person a little bit of, of uh, maybe coming out of the shadows because one of the generations that really is still in the shadows is the Vietnam veterans. You know, they come yeah. back. They went to one of our programs, me, Danny, and Steve Owen from the military of the Purple Heart, uh, the commander of the Purple Heart. We put these events together. And one of our events was for honoring Vietnam veterans. And so many showed up. So many joined the VFW. And when you listen to their stories, it's like, you know, I was ashamed to wear my hat. It said Vietnam veteran. I, I didn't wear it. But the day that we went to your program, and you guys honored us, mm-hmm. our generation, and we're so grateful. For, man, I wear that hat every day. <laughs> I got to buy me. You know, he's been, yeah. I think he's in his fourth, cat, fourth hat now. <laughs> but uh, he just, those are the stories we love to hear. And so when you hear the positives of, of you know, there's a lot of negatives to wars. Right, war right. is horrible. It's, it's, it's horrible. Uh, but to see these heroes come home and, and be treated like heroes. I think it's uh, it's so important. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have that. Um, I don't suffer from BTS. I don't think, but it's because the the, the World War II guys and gals, the Korean War and the Vietnam vets welcomed me home every time. Just imagine every time I landed an airplane or everything. I, every time I got off on a ship, off a ship, they were there wearing this silly hat, yeah. telling me thank you and I'm proud of you. Just imagine those words alone coming yeah. from your brethren. <laughs> And your sister like, there's a, those are the words that you really can release and not carry the burden of guilt or the burden. You, you could just relax. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, I'm home now. And for you to hear that from your elders, your World War II, Korean War, and a Vietnam vet telling you, I'm proud of you. Yeah, that's all you need. Like, oh, yeah, I don't need therapy. I'm good now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, just, it's, it's great. I'm telling yeah. you, when you listen to a, a World War II guy or one of the veterans from from the Korean War and the Vietnam War, they'll tell you they learned a lot, a great deal from those World War II guys. Mm-hmm. They learned a great deal, and one of them was most important was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to sacrifice for your family and for your friend? And, and I, it, I'm telling you, when they can share that story with you, I say that if you ever hear it, it's your job to repeat it. Yes. And Benny did. Those World War II soldiers, they didn't have one tour. They didn't have one year. They stayed from point A to point Z. So they didn't come home like in Vietnam. It was 12 months or in uh, Operation Enduring Freedom. The Marines were six months in the Army was 12 months. They didn't have that in World War II. They stayed once they were enlisted. They stayed to the very end. Is that right? Can you imagine that? Their units units were coming back and because of replacements. I don't know if there was a replacement there in World War II. And they were, you had to stay. There's not enough bodies coming back, you know, and it's just, yeah. So, I mean, there's the the World War II generation, when you study, when you study it, it's the entire country coming together. Mm -hmm. You know, black, brown, you name it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Women, men. Navajo Indians. You Mm -hmm. name it. You come together. What's, what's, What's the main purpose? To win the war. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Well, how do it, I got to, yeah. what on my special teams, in my defense, my offense? And I am telling you, th- those questions are, 
are, are questions that every World War II that, that joined probably asked, what team am I going to be on? Today, you know, we want to actually share their story so that we can hear it again if ever it does happen again. Yeah. We don't want to hear like, man, is it my turn? Is yeah. it my turn? No, no, it's your turn. You got to go. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. In, in 79 years, uh, our generation, these gener two, three generations have faced Pearl Harbor, the 9-11. And on both occasions, American sons and daughters rose to the occasion and uh, did their duty and served, whether it was in Europe or or the Pacific, or then went to the Middle East, or Iraq, or Afghanistan. Two events in the last 80 years, Americans have answered the call of the trumpet. And that's what we want to teach our children in the future, that they too must answer the call of the trumpet if we want to remain as a free people and as a prosperous people. It comes with sacrifice. And thank God that at Pearl Harbor, those American sons and daughters came and, and led and destroyed evil and tyr uh, tyrants, and we destroyed them. And we remain a free people because of that greatest generation. Thank you. You always yeah. fill us with yeah. such great yeah. information. Yeah. And what I really enjoy and I really love and I really encourage all of our listeners to do is that when you're listening to this today, hopefully on the Monday, yeah. that um, you sit down and you do you do something that call to action. You said, go interview, yeah. um, go interview your family okay. members and talk about it on Christmas. So we're going to remember on Pearl Harbor day, remembrance day, yeah. we're going to remember what they did for us. And we're going to be thankful for that, but we're also going to, um, chat about it on Christmas day as well. You know, it's really interesting. If you lived in Washington, DC, you go to Arlington cemetery mm -hmm. in, what a history lesson in itself, just right. going to the cemetery and seeing the people that have died and what wars they fought in and what they did and all that. So I'll end on this story. Uh, Audie Murphy is one of probably the greatest uh, uh, greatest uh, soldier of the 20th century uh, for his actions in France. He literally defeated a German company by himself. Uh, there was a tank, American tank, I believe, and it was overrun by the Germans. He got into the tank and fought the Germans and literally destroyed a company, which is, I would assume, about 100 men. Wow. And he ran out of ammunition, so he went back to uh, the lines behind the tank, rallied his uh, soldiers, and he had no ammunition. Then he charged the Germans. And Audie Murphy uh, uh, was praised by European countries, the French and others, received the Medal of Honor. And uh, after the war, he uh, went to Hollywood and appeared in some movies. Mm -hmm. He also had some bad habits like gambling and drinking. But he was one of the first soldiers that really understood what we now call as PTS. And he had what we would call back then was uh, uh, war fatigue or... Uh, and he knew something was wrong. And the story goes that he was such a courageous and heroic man. But every night he went to bed with a pistol under his be uh, pillow because he was afraid of all the demons and everything. He dies in 1971 from an airplane crash. Huh. And he was only 46 years young, and he died. And uh, he was buried at Arlington Cemetery. And he was buried in a far corner of Arlington. And since his burial, they've had to build concrete walls 
and walks to his gravesite. Because other than John Kennedy, his gravesite is the most visited at Arlington Cemetery. And when he was buried in Arlington, the tradition is if you're a Medal of Honor recipient, on the grave headstone there'll be gold emblems on the front of the monument. And he had told his friends if he died and was buried at Arlington, he did not want any special recognition. He did not want those gold emblems on his headstone. And his, someone asked him why. And his comment was, I was a simple infantryman. No more, no less. I want to be buried as an infantryman. Oh, man. That's the story of Audie Murphy, probably the greatest hero of the 20th century. That's such a good story. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. We really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you. And you've done this before for us, so we appreciate you doing this. And And thank you for the idea, too. My grandfather is a veteran, and he would absolutely love if my 11-year-old son interviewed him and was able to share the stories. I don't think he gets asked about it enough. Um, So that's something we definitely can do. And there's there's Um, some questions. I mean, once we leave offline or here... I'll send you a couple of uh, great questions to ask. Oh, that'd be great. There's some questions not to ask. Okay. I'm only obvious. (laughs) You should have told me that um, when I was in eighth grade, when I was asking my grandpa these, because we had to do this. Um, That was part of my history lesson at one Mm -hmm. point in time was, you you know, there's someone go out. It's like, basically, you were my history teacher. So I called up grandpa, and I asked him all these questions. Actually, I might have sent it in an email. Email was new, FYI. And so I emailed grandpa, and he gave me two answers. I probably sent him 30 questions, yeah. but he was, um, he was in Vietnam. And so he wouldn't say anything. He was like, that's all I remember crystal. And that's all I've got for you. Yeah. But my teacher kept saying, I want the meat. Like, don't give me yeah. just the basic. I want yeah. the meat. I want all the, everything you can get. Yeah. Well, then my big mama, his wife told me later that, um, he had lost his best friend in yeah. Vietnam. So he didn't talk about it. Didn't want yeah. to talk about it. I was lucky to learn he was in the army. Yeah. That was it. That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. There. We had uh, Roosevelt, uh, we had Mike Thornton here in March. Mike was a Vietnam Navy SEAL and uh, receives the Medal of Honor. He, uh, he rescued uh, an American soldier and two Vietnamese translators, or two Vietnamese that were, uh, that were rangers in their own units. And he rescued them, and he swam off uh the uh, Vietnam coast and swam for uh, like two hours and uh, he saved those three and one of the the American soldier he saved was Tommy Norris and Tommy Norris for earlier actions would actually receive the Medal of Honor later and so Mike Thornton is the only Medal of Honor recipient that saved another Medal of Honor recipient in the history (laughs) of the United States but he was at Roosevelt and uh he spoke to the students, and they were junior high kids. And what he did is he really let them ask questions. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions was, you know, kids are can be immature and whatever. And they said, well, sir, how many people did you kill? Mm-hmm. And his response was very, very interesting. He said, that's not for you to know, and it's not for me to tell. The end. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. But I would have loved a list. Yes. Yeah. What yeah. to ask, yeah. what yeah. not to ask. Yeah. I would. Please email me that list. Yeah. 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 But oh, there, there are some things that 
are off right. limits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but he talked about he talked about other things in his uh, days as a Navy SEAL in, in Vietnam. But when it came to the killing, that was off limits. That was very personal to him and things that he probably didn't want to open up about and everything. But what a great dialogue he had with those kids that day Mm -hmm. so that they could see someone that was Mm -hmm. in the flesh that had done some heroic things. Mm -hmm. So you're doing heroic things by letting us tell stories. So thank you all. We appreciate that. And we appreciate y'all for doing what you do for the community and for the veterans and your service. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. So go out to the Monument of Courage. And there's 12 Medal of Honor recipients. And my favorite story is uh, the story of uh, uh, Rex Young and uh, Mac Wilson. Rex Young was a uh, Odessa Permian graduate, 1965, where he played baseball and football, as all boys did at Odessa Permian in the right? 60s, where mm-hmm. they were so good. He graduated in 65, and he wanted to go to Tech, and it never got around to it. And so he joined the Army. And Mac Wilson, Alfred Mac Wilson, graduated from the other high school in 67. So the two opposing schools. And uh, Rex Young joined the Army. And Mac Wilson, after he graduated in 67, joined the Marines. Mac Wilson was a cowboy and loved rodeos and bull riding, things of that nature. They did not know each other when they were in Odessa. They both go to Vietnam. Uh, Rex Young is killed uh, heroically. Uh, uh, his men were overrun, and uh, he uh, made his men retreat, and he stayed behind to fight, and he was killed. And he receives his family. He receives the Medal of Honor. His family receives it posthumously for Rex. And nine months later, Mac Wilson, a Marine, was killed in Vietnam. A grenade was thrown at him, and he threw his body on the grenade to save his buddies. So they were killed within nine months of each other, graduated from high school within two years of each other. Their families received the Medal of Honor within 13 days of each other. Wow. And they're buried 50 yards apart in Odessa. That's the American spirit and the American story. So you'll see those at the Monument of Courage. And now they have a school and a VA clinic named after them. And apparently the school didn't have character it was called the Hood. Yeah. The hood ele- Hood In Odessa. Uh, yeah. In Odessa. And uh, they named it after Wilson and Young. And uh, apparently, uh, kids' character increased. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have, I guess, something to go to school. Uh, they're, they're honoring, mm-hmm. you know, Wilson and Young. And uh, just imagine your school named after two Medal of Honor recipients. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your character better be solid. Yeah. So <laughs> that was one of the things that their principal was, uh, you know, sharing with uh, Woody Williams is that the character of the school uh, rep- is is uh, representative of the two Mac right. and uh, Wilson and Young, both Medal of Honor recipients, which is which is awesome. Just changing the name. Yeah. Changing, mm-hmm. What's in a name? It's a lot. It's yeah. A lot. <laughs> I want to do them proud. So, yeah. yeah. So. We hope you enjoyed this very special episode today. Be sure to return on Friday for a whole new episode from Moms in the Hub.